Yo, what's up, everybody? It's No Agendas. We back. I'm your guy, Rashad Yoda Phillips. And across from me is my co-host, Kendrick Big Perk. What's up, baby? Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing all uppercuts today, Yoda. I got a lot on my mind. People thought No Agendas was dead, but they don't what? understand. We was just out doing things, man, big things. Know what I'm saying? You dropped that classic Isaiah Thomas interview 101, one of the best interviews I've seen in the last five years. If you haven't watched it yet, you tripping, and I feel sorry for your loss. <laughs> I got it on my mind today. We, yeah. We, yeah, we about to talk today. You you ready? It's funny. I've been getting texts. I've been getting DMs. Everybody's like, we're no agendas. When y'all, when y'all dropping, y'all not. I'm like, just relax. We had to take a short hiatus. There was a lot of things going on in the world. Me, we've been doing different things. Perk been out doing this. I've been out doing this. But man, we always stick together like tape. I try to tell people that, Perk. Man, they just got to sit back and have a cool booty, man. Just sit back and have a cool booty, man. Relax. We ain't went nowhere, man. We've been spending time with our kids. We've been doing interviews. You've been on your scouting stuff. You've yeah. been working out, guys. I've been working out, guys. We've been doing things, but we talk every day. No agenda went nowhere, man. We just been putting together a master plan, and we've been waiting. We've been waiting. Why? Because guess what? The NBA season cranking out. <laughs> we ain't want to just be spilling gems, man. But look, right. I got something to say. What? What you got before man. we get started? You are you already starting. What? I'm starting because this. One of my good friends, one of my good teammates out of Chicago, right? Tony Allen. Yeah. Chicago, real mug, right? Yeah. yeah. He used to say, he used to say, man, I remember when he used to rock them uh, polo tees with the tight Europeco jeans and <laughs> I go do the same and he'll be like, hey, Perk, I don't mind you swagger jacking my style. But you know, you put out a post yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. And it was Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes, and you talked about, you know, them with their professional father figures and yeah. comparing a great comparison, great read, great post. Yeah. I mean, it, it took off, right? Yeah. You did something that you never done before, and you didn't you didn't trademark it like you usually do and put hashtag Yoda. I know. And next thing I know. I see Lil Duval. I see a guy from ESPN radio steal your stuff. And, and, and look, I'm tired of it, me personally. I'm tired of it because my thing is, is this. If I'm going to use somebody's material, I'm going to credit them and say, hey, man, Rashard Phillips said this. You remember, yeah. you and I, this is this the crazy thing about it. And the That's how we met. <laughs> That's how we met. Because, listen, we didn't know each other personally, right? right? And I didn't know because I was away from social media for about two years. Yeah. And I didn't know that you came up with the whole Michael Jordan, Kawhi Leonard comparison. And right. And I'm saying that Kawhi is Mike for right. the dumb listeners out here. Right. So the basketball minds know what we're talking about, that Kawhi Leonard game mimics Michael Jordan. Okay, right. that's, that's this is what we're saying. You watch him defensively, you watch him offensively, 
He mimics Jordan. Does yeah. he have the same jelly and wiggle as Jordan? No. But his game mimics Michael Jordan. Get to the spots, whatever. Yeah. That's how you and I met. Because I had to give you your flowers. I said, Yoda, I did not know I went on ESPN. And I said it myself. That's and right. I told you that. Next thing you know, real ones become real ones without it being said. But I got a problem, bro. Of people going steal that material in particular and using it. I mean, they used it like it was theirs, though. Yes. See, I, I, I'm an emotional guy. You laid back because actually you're used to this because it's yeah. not the first time that you brought up Patrick Mahomes in a, and, and related it to a basketball conversation because a guy by the coach self, he stole it and went used it on the get up and I watched it. He stole your material on that one. And I actually called him out on it. Yeah, on I remember. Social media. So <laughs> I'm just trying to see because all my blood pressure up, you know, it's a lot going on in the world. I've been in the gym waiting to kind of use that. I'm just trying to see how you able to keep a smile on your face, laid back, chill, and just like, just be accepting this without calling this out. By the way, <laughs> shout out to Coach Coach uh, uh, Wilford. That's his name, right? Yeah, Dominique Wilford. Yeah, man. Shout out to Coach Wilford for addressing that dude like the numbers on the house the other day. I appreciate that. <laughs> Go ahead, yo. To my bad, man. I had to vent for a minute, dog, because I'm tired of. Welcome to No Agendas, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. So, I put out a post um, about Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry, and it circulated through social media like a wildfire. Like it was, it was gone. It was all over Facebook. It was all on Instagram. It was on Twitter. Even my personal Twitter, it it just went crazy. And I started to see it everywhere, you know, and, and, and my friend, my good friend, Hall of Famer, Edgerin James posted it on his page, gave me my love. And let me read, let me read it to people. Um, and then we'll get, let's, we'll just talk about that subject since we're, we're already on it. So Perk always going out of the format. This is not even in the script, but that's what we do on No Agendas. We just kick it. So let me read it. I'm pulling it up on my phone right now because I want to make sure the listeners hear exactly what I posted. Yeah, um, do, that. do that. So I said, Patrick Mahomes' dad was a pro, taught him the ropes. Steph Curry' dad was a pro and taught him the ropes. Mm. Both have huge contracts and championships. Upbringing plays a huge part in all of this. Both dads molded their kids to be this. People with kids understand what I'm saying. So that was my post, and it traveled all through social media. Yeah. And there were some people who loved it and understood it, and there were some people who didn't really understand it. So since I'm the author of that, I want to kind of speak my piece on that, Perk, and I, I know you can help me fill it in, no. but I want to kind of touch on what I'm talking about, and it was – in total praise of both Curry and Mahomes' fathers. Yeah. I was praising their fathers for doing a wonderful job of putting their sons in position to be legendary right now. And they, be successful. Yes. They're, they're, you know, obviously the moms did a terrific job as well, but I'm just talking about fathers being professional athletes and then putting their children in position 
to have an advantage. Because, That's what I'm because let me add to that. Because in our culture, the African American culture, a lot of us don't have those father figures to be there. So right. carry on. I just wanted to get that answer. I'm glad you threw that little nugget in. So let, let, let me let me chop this down because this is a subject that we can talk about the entire show. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shorten it a little bit and I'm gonna break it down as, as quick as I can for you guys here on No Agendas so we can move on. So a lot of people see when you having a parent that played professional sports is the biggest advantage that your kid can possibly have, okay? In this particular case, you look at Dale Curry, who was, you know, who both sons are in the NBA, not just Steph, both of his sons are in the NBA. And you look at Pat Mahomes Sr., who played, you know, 10 plus years in the major leagues from 92 to 2003. He was a pitcher and Mahomes was a pitcher as well, but he's a quarterback, but it's still about throwing, right? Bill mm-hmm. Curry was known as a sharpshooter. Steph Curry is arguably the greatest shooter ever. And mm-hmm. his brother, Seth, is a deadly three-point shooter as well. So the apple just doesn't fall far from the tree. Facts. Uh, but let me, let me tell you why, you know, having fathers and mothers that play professional sports it plays a huge factor, and I call it the, the product of advantage, mm. which, which as a parent, as a parent, I think that all of us as parents should try to put our children and make them products of advantage. Mm. I think all of us should do that. Um, so let me kind of break, break it down what product of advantage means. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you look when you look at Steph Curry's and Patrick Mahomes' parents, what they did was put them in a situation where all they had to do was focus on that particular sport because the fathers were financially and mentally set to be able to put their children in position to not have to worry about all of the things that pull at children growing up in a different type of world. So you look at it like this. Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes were put in positions where they never had to worry about if the lights was going to be on or off when they got home. They they never had to worry about getting robbed while walking to school. Mm. They never had to worry about having shoes for AAU trips. Mm. <laughs> they never had to worry about hotel payments when they're on the road with their parents for tournaments. Mm. And the parents should be commended for taking that worry off of their plate because that's an advantage. Anytime a parent can take a worry off of your plate, that's called advantage. Yes. So yeah. When you look at people like Allen Iverson, who comes from, you know, single mom, went to prison from the projects. Look at those. Look at that on his plate. Look at that on his plate. When you look at a Steph Curry or or, or Patrick Mahomes or you, you, you look at that and you see that. 
their parents put them in position to not have to stress. Just focus on your sports, son. Don't have to worry about nothing else. Dad got you. Thanks. As a parent, we I'm, we speaking from parents now. Yeah, yeah. No, this this is this is all straight gospel. So when you look at, let's take Steph Curry. Steph Curry was in the NBA locker room at five years old. Think about being in the NBA locker room at five years old, going to shoot around with your dad, shooting in NBA arenas, being getting those long talks from your dad after he just competed against Michael Jordan in the car. That's called advantage. Guess what? Guess who had that access? Your nephew, Stone. See? Guess who's, guess who's Stone? Godfather. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. That's an advantage. It's an advantage. And, and people have to understand that this is why Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes are in the position that they're in right now because their parents put them in position to be that. Now, people are going to say, oh, you have to work hard and this and that. Of course. This is no discredit to Mahomes and, and Steph. But they're all, they were put in a position to never fail and to succeed. Now, here's what I've been getting a lot of, Perk. Talk to me. Well, Michael Jordan's sons didn't become NBA players. I'm glad people said that because every, every professional basketball player or football player or baseball player don't raise their kids to be pros. Can can I can I can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. As, as being a, a, a NBA a guy that played in the NBA for fourteen years and being that parent, you know what? Every NBA parent or every NFL parent or NFL player, NBA player, baseball player, you know what they try to raise their kids to do to be to be what they not what they what they didn't have to go through. Exactly. So what they do is, is that they don't put pressure on their kids to play sports. But if their kids want to play sports, then they're going to back them like we do 110%. But kids, ch- child, look, Ken, Kingston, Carter, Zoe, who's my kids, I'm not pressuring you to do nothing. Because right. daddy got it out the mud. Well, now you're living in a million-dollar community, and I'm making sure that I'm going to support you in whatever you want to be in life. There's no pressure on you to play sports. But God damn it, I'm going to tell you this. If you want to play sports and you come to me and you telling me that you want to make it in a professional sport, then God damn it, I'm going to push you, and God damn it, I'm going to challenge you, but I'm also going to put you in position that I know to put you in position to be successful. Exactly. And, that, and that's the product of advantage and what we're all doing. I think from that tweet, Perk, people didn't understand that I was praising their upbringing. And some of the people, though. I was praising the upbringing because I believe that we all should strive to do that for our children. The more that we, the more advantage that we can give our children the better off, obviously, that they're going to be. And Steph Curry and Patrick Mahomes right now, currently, 
are two examples. You got the the first unanimous NBA MVP and a quarterback that's just won a Super Bowl that just signed the biggest sports contract ever. And both of their parents are former pros. That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. It's but, a, but if you want Yoda, you could take your tweet a step further. And you could say any pros or any any parent that's doing well for themselves are going to be an advantage to their kids. Like yourself. I yeah. guarantee you, your two daughters are in a better situation than what you were in growing up. Absolutely. Okay. I, and what you do? What have I been seeing? What you been sending me videos of? We you training. Me in the driveway training. We training. And she looking damn good. We got we we already talked about this. Number one pick, goddammit. it. We already talked. That's another story. But see, the simple minded people don't get it. They want to say, "Oh man, what are you talking about?" Not, nah, nah, you don't get it. Like LeBron James, right? His son, he don't work out with Bron. Bron don't train his son. His son say, you know what, daddy, I'm going to go work out here. I got my own training. Bron like, all right, cool. But guess what? Bron don't have to worry about nothing. Bron, his AAU team don't have to worry about nothing. But this is what he want to do. But now on the flip side of it, and, this, and, and, and people listen, I'm not being funny here. I'm being serious, okay? But on the flip side of it, you could take Magic Johnson. And his son, right, with his situation. And I'm not being funny. It's no jokes. I'm dead ass serious. Guess what? Magic Johnson is, what, worth a billion dollars or whatever? He's iconic. He didn't force his son to play sports. And by the way, he's still a great dad. He still support his son to right. this day, to whatever choice his son did choose to go. Will Rowdy go? You see Magic, he's a proud father. Absolutely. A, a step down. Look at D-Wade. You could criticize D-Wade all he want, but he's supporting his son. Great father. Great father. You cannot take it away. Keep going. So when you look at a person, because I've gotten the, well, LeBron James didn't have a dad or this and that. So let me, let me, let me, uh -huh. let me, let me address this because I think some people, they just missed the point. But they, all, all former pros don't raise their kids to be pros. When you look at Michael Jordan's kids, Michael Jordan wasn't in the gym training his sons to be pros. Sometimes the pro is so iconic, they're telling their sons to be opposite of dad. Don't be a, I don't want you to be an NBA player. Run, run my business. I don't need you to play in the NBA. So you got to look at it like that. And one of Michael Jordan's sons did play college basketball. Yeah, but... So, but did you also hear what LeBron James said? And I said the same thing. He said, if I could go back in, in the hands of time, I would change. I wouldn't have never gave Bronny my name. I would have gave him yeah. my name. I said yeah. the same thing about my son. Now have yeah. your own identity because I don't want you to feel the pressure. Now, Yoda, here's a go. For all the people that were in your comments not understanding, they should go back and look at the tweet that you put out before that, when you talked about Steph Curry, you remember? Yep. You said underdog. It was, it was basically what was it uh, saying? Uh, it, it was talking about him not being an underdog. Not being an underdog, because he wasn't. He wasn't an underdog. He wasn't an underdog. So those two stories relate and proves your point even more. 
Exactly. So the same people that probably was arguing the underdog go back and look at this. One. Yes, the same. It's the same thing when you look at a person, and I'm gonna get to the underdog statement. When you look at LeBron and how he came out, when you there's anomalies, right? When you grow up in the hood, you have to be a freak of nature to get out. Yeah, or six ten. Yeah. Oh, a freak of nature. All you, five nine scoring machine like yourself, but keep going. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be a freak of nature, you know? So when you grow up in the hood, you gotta be a freak of nature to make it out. When you grow up in the suburbs, you just have to be good because your parents have the advantage for you. Mm-hmm. That's just that's society. That's society. So when you when you look at that, you know, me. Mahomes and Steph Curry had every advantage to succeed. So talking about my tweet prior to that was I was talking about underdog and overachiever. There's a, there's a, there's a difference between being an underdog and being an overachiever. An underdog is a person that is put in a situation to completely fail, but they don't. Right. That's an underdog. Mm-hmm. An overachiever is a person that actually excels, over-excels at something that they are training or trying to be. Mm. Steph Curry wanted to be a basketball player since he was a kid. There's, he's been in NBA locker rooms. So what he did, he was never an underdog. Never. He, he overachieved. Now, this is what people have said to me, perfect. Well, Steph Curry only had one college offer. That don't make you an underdog, because guess what? Even if Steph Curry had zero college offers, guess what? His dad can afford to send him to college, period. I'm an underdog, because if I don't get a scholarship, my parents can't send me to college, because they couldn't afford it. I'm an underdog, because my grandparents couldn't either. But you want to know what's crazy? Is that, in my opinion, if you go down and look at the list of players that the list of, uh, of young players that parents played a professional sport, and I'm just going to talk about basketball, they always have an advantage, right? Because yeah. even coming out of college, they could not be the best college team. Even if you take Doc Rivers' oldest son, right? He had a pretty good college career, wasn't nothing. He didn't get drafted, but he was on summer league teams because of who, because of who his dad was. Advantage. Okay. You look at Sam Cassell, my great friend, right? Sam yep. Cassell Jr. He did pretty good in college. He didn't do great. He didn't get drafted, but he was on the summer league team. Guys, even like just think, man. Even the guy, uh, the kid from uh, God, uh, Trent, uh, Big Gary Trent, right? Yeah, his son right now balling out for the Portland Trailblazers, right? Yeah. He got an opportunity, so. Yes, your dad or your mom playing in the uh, in professional sports at the highest level, you have an advantage. And if you argue in it, you just want to argue, you're miserable and you're blind. Yeah. So this you, is proof in the pudding. You look at you look at pros with you look at Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's greatness wasn't an accident. People forget Kobe Bryant's dad played in the league. People forget that. People forget that. Jelly Bean Bryant was a freak of nature. Jelly Bean was dunking on people in the league. Man. People man. forget, like, people forget that. Like, and you look at Mike Bibby. His dad, Henry Bibby, played in the league. You Coach, look at 
You, you look at Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds, Grant Hill, father, was a great running back for the day. So what me and Perk are trying to tell you guys is that we as parents are promoting and congratulating the Dale Currys, the Pat Mahomes seniors, the Calvin Hills, the Jelly Bean Bryants, the Henry Bibbies, the LeBron James. Like, we're, we're in 50 years, everybody, we're going to see all of our kids living in an advantage. Yes. We're promoting that. Yes. We want that. Yes. Me, me personally, as a parent, I have a 14 year old starting high school this year, and I'm sending her to private school because I can afford to send her there so she can have an advantage because she's a 4.0 student to go to college, a major university. I wasn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to go to a major university. So I work my tail off to get it out the mud so my daughter can go to private school, get good grades, and go off to a major college. That's advantage. Period. Period. That's, that's what we're promoting. So we as parents, we all should be striving to put our kids in better situations to exceed what we were. The impact of parents can move mountains. Trust me. So let's move on to the next so we want to, you know, we want to talk about the NBA is about to restart, Perk. And I know you excited. You've been, you've been pushing for it. Hey, it's coming back. It's you, coming back. It's, it's coming back. The you've been lobbying. Are, the courts are down. The flights have landed. The buses is pulling up. Guys are showing us pictures of their hotel room. Pat Bev in particular, shout out to Pat Bev, like you said, overseas, so he know what it feels like to be in a bubble. He made himself right at home with a <laughs> caption at the top of his post saying, check ball. Yeah, see, you see, this is funny about the bubble perk, and we talked about this on the phone. A lot of dudes are going to struggle, and the dudes that, that – the guys that played overseas and had a little bit of adversity to get to the NBA – they won't have a problem. They won't like Pat Bev played in Ukraine. Like he didn't play it in some, he didn't play it in some places. So him living in that hotel here in Orlando, he got he got the sun, the palm trees. Man, he ready to he check ball. You Man, know. But see, see, this is what a lot, see, this is what a, a lot of these guys don't understand. Is that I went to the G League. Down there, I was down there in the G League. You was in a basement. And, and, and guess what? Besides winning the NBA championship and making it to some a few finals, that was the best experience and best thing that ever happened to me and the most humbling thing because I got a reality check. And we were staying at Best Westerns. We was actually staying at a real Motel 6, Rajon Rondo, that, you know, hey, we walking in there. We actually had a roommate. You know what I'm saying? We actually had to do things on our own. Six-hour uh, bus ride. 12-hour bus rides in the snow. Stopping at uh, gas stations that had McDonald's in it to get food. So listen, to all you guys that are now spoiled, that came from the mud, and y'all complaining about getting baked chicken, and, and broccoli and steaks and shrimp and because it's coming 
and, and, and wrapped up in certain type of bags and not a, and not a, a good uh, a $40 uh, glass plate. Give me a break, dog. Give me a break. And then Adam Silver just released that they got they got all access to the Disney parks even after hours. Oh yeah. What are we talking? There'll be a few people at them after hours. What are we talking about right now, man? We talking about barber in barbers in house. They getting catered to so much they 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 able to get manis and pennies, feet scrubbed on. Man, what you talking about? Yeah, this this is like a paid vacation. What are we talking about? You down in Orlando? This this might be the safest place in America. You safer than being in your own home. The only concern that I have is leaving my family to deal with the with everything that's going on in the pandemic. But look, on the top of that, I'm excited. I'm excited because I think this is one. This is going to be one of the greatest championships of all time. Damn, due you to, do. Yeah, due to circumstances, due to the okay. pandemic, due to what we're dealing with in society, for us, you know, in social justice and and racism at an all-time high, because I don't know about you, but I've never experienced racism, protesting, everything that's going on to this level. Right. And it is today, not in my lifetime. Yeah. Like, I've dealt with it in Beaumont, Texas, because I live close to Jasper and the James Bird Jr. Uh, dragging and killing, but I've never dealt with it to where we at now in America. So... With all that being said, guys are, are playing without fans. And I want to address this. People think playing without fans is easy. No, hell no. That challenges your heart. That challenges your co competitive nature, your mental toughness. Because it's the reason people fight for home court advantage, yo. Yeah. Because they, yeah. Because how many times have we seen in interviews when guys have came post-interview and said, Man, our fans, our fans won us this this game today. When you down twenty points, you ain't gonna have that crowd that's roaring and, and cheering to to rally you back. You, you have to find, you got to dig deep, and you don't get to look in the stands and see your family. You know, to get that extra motivation. There's a lot of there there's a lot of factors, you know, hidden factors that play into having fans. Just the entire atmosphere of the game. Uh, knowing that you can count on the crowd noise, the momentum, like that—that—that's a—that's a huge component that um, obviously won't be there under the bubble. What it looks like to me, though, Perk, is just like it's just old-fashioned. It's like an old AAU tournament where a lot of these a lot of these players come up under, you know, like playing in the the, the EYBL or the Gauntlet or the the Under Armour, whatever. I, it just it feels like, you know, a, a, a huge AAU tournament. And so that's kind of going into my next question. So the entire format of this, it's kind of a little AAU-ish, a little March Madness mixed with a little NBA. So now I think that kind of changes my pick and mm -hmm. who I believe can win because there's a – there's a different format. There's a lot of factors now with this new format with the bubble. So, so I, I got to, you know, so before we get into that, I'm going to, I'm going to address this real quick. You've been, you've been a, a little vocal 
uh, with, with Joel and B the last couple of days. Big fella showed up in a space suit today, um, masked up. And, and he looked he looking like he ready to play. You, you, you with it or not? You know, he showed up. He showed up ready. You know, he had on the, the seven foot astronaut suit. So what, 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 what's, tell me about that, Perk. Okay, so he, here's my thing with Joel and B. Now, you know that I've given him his flowers several times on multiple platforms, including this one. Yep. And I have talked about this guy as being a generational talent, but it's yeah. no in between with him, even in our phone conversations. Yep. If he's if his mind is right, he's top five player in the league. If his mind is not right, he's top 30 player in the league. That's how much of a drop off it is. There's yeah. no in between with him. So here it is. I'm going to go to my phone, right? Okay. So this is the first thing, right, that I had a problem with. I'm not a big fan of the idea, talking about the book. But then again, I'm going to do my job and won't let the city down. It doesn't matter the fact that I don't like the idea. I still don't believe in it. I don't think it's going to be safe because I know I'm going to do the right things. I don't, I don't <clears throat> ever do anything. I play video games. I'm always home. I don't do anything. But then again, I don't trust those other guys to do the same. But like I said, I got to do my job. Let me address that real quick. That quote. Joel, no one put a gun to your head, my brother, and told you that you was you were forced to go to the bubble. The NBA and the Players Association have worked hand-in-hand hand like I've never seen in my 17 years of being around the NBA. Mm -hmm. I've never seen them communicate and be on the same page like they did. So you had an option. You could have opted out. If you felt this way and you didn't like the idea, you could have, one, called Michelle Roberts and Chris Paul, maybe even called Adam Silver because he's a player's commissioner and majority of the players got his direct contact. That's one thing. You put out this statement two days before you have to leave, four days before a training camp. Come on, what's like? I understand the coronavirus is real, but you're going to a billion dollar bubble. And I'm not saying it's not, not going to be perfect, it's going to be perfect, but it's nowhere where you're getting tested daily and you're going to have 24 hour surveillance. People, you're going to be protected. There's nowhere in America like that. And right now, it's survival of the fitness. Everybody is on their own. Make sure you wear your mask. Protect yourself. You're going down to a bubble that is they're spending $1.5 million a day to make sure that you guys are okay. All right? That's my first concern, right? So then he comes back out with this statement. I've been chilling, quarantining, doing what we were told to do, so I don't know how I'm going to look basketball-wise. So that goes back to the last statement that he just said, that now, in my eyes, reading this statement, you're making up the excuse. You're making up the excuse. Because instead of getting your big self out and at least go run, or at least hit the gym, treadmill or whatever, to try to at least stay in shape. Now, we all know you can't get in basketball shape without playing basketball. Play it, yeah. But 
You can maintain. You can do what Marcus All did and come back and look phenomenal body wise. Well, you know Joel's not. You know Joel's not going to do that. Uh, okay. You can't do what Jokic done. You could do what James Harden done. All these guys went and took care of their bodies and got in shape so that when they did hit the basketball court, it wasn't going to be that hard for them to get back in rhythm mm -hmm. and get their legs up on. Finally, Yoda, he comes back out again, right? This is the Joel, something I had to talk about today. He says right here, Joel MB, offense should go through me. First of all, we already know this. We know that you're the focal point of the offense. But once again, this is something that shouldn't be a public statement. This is something that should be kept in-house. This is a conversation that you should be having with Coach Brett Brown, the coaching staff, and your teammates. Not a public statement. Because that's already known. Tobias Harris has already come out publicly and said that y'all have chemistry problems. We know that y'all have chemistry problems because Al Horford, who Philadelphia played $120 million to, and who is a pretty good player, in my eyes, haven't seen out of eye with Brett Brown. In and out of the lineups, can't find his niche. Can he play with MB? We already know the conversations about can MB and Ben Simmons exist. What you putting that out, you're saying, this is my team, which is the argument already about who team it is to a lot of people, right? Who would you take? Should they trade Joel? Should they trade Ben? So now you're causing more controversy going down to the boat. Also, Tobias Harris, averaging a little bit under 20 points, shooting about 48%, having a pretty good season in my eyes, right? What if he's on? What if he's on? My thing is, yes, the offense should be ran to you, do you? But what if it's somebody else night? What if it's what if it's Josh Richardson night? What are you gonna do to affect the game in other areas? My whole thing is is that I like when he talked noise about going into the next game and saying, watch out, I'm going to kill, because he always delivered. But just this right here is contradicting all over the place. And it's certain things that should be kept in-house. If you're going down to the bubble, you already underachieved. You already having chemistry problems. This is not something that you add out because we already know this. So but, go on. So here's what I got to say, because you said a lot. So <laughs> I can tell that you really worked up about this. So let me tell you why I'm not worked up about this at all. And okay. we if we if we talk about this on the phone, you know, so. But see, that's the balance between me and you. I'm emotional. You sit back, laid back with that cool smile, fit it down, and then now you about to give me some gospel and, and so chill later. Go ahead, though. So I, this is how I look at it. And this is, this is, this is about, here's what I've learned about Joel Embiid over the years. Mm. One, from the media standpoint, from, from our chairs now, I've learned to not, really put any any too much value in any of Joel Embiid's statements. Mm. I've learned over the years. 
you the key word I've learned. Okay. I've learned to not place so much value on his sound bites. Because the more you allow Joel and B sound bites to work you up, I, I believe it's part of his act. Mm. I, I believe he really loves to kind of play around with the media and to keep his name relevant. He's clever that way. And I've, I've learned to take everything that he says in the media with a grain of salt. Now, do I like Joel Embiid? Absolutely. I think he's a ter terrific player. I think he's a terrific person. But I also think that he still hasn't shown signs of maturity yet. And, and you know, maturity doesn't have an age. You know, no. it doesn't. You can't, you can't say you got to be mature at 22. You got to be mature at 27. Some people, it takes people different times of stages of their life to 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 become mature. I just believe because real quick, no, real quick, because you because because one could say that John Morant mature, Zion Williamson mature, Luka Doncic mature, Trey Young mature, Jason Tatum mature. All guys that are younger than Joel, but carry on. So I think it, and the reason why, there, here's a reason why Joel Embiid, and this is me, this is me defending Joel. So I want people to understand, this is me sitting back, observing Joel Embiid. Joel hasn't really faced enough adversity yet in his career. Adversity makes you grow up. Mm-hmm. He hasn't faced any adversity. The guys that you name, either two things have happened to them. They've, they've faced adversity or they just have that leadership gene in them. You look at a Luka Doncic, kid been playing pro since he was 14. Facts. He left, he left his home to play pro. You got to mature quick. Mm -hmm. Trey Young, always told he was too small. He had to mature quick. You know, Jason Tatum, you know, his pops played around Larry Hughes, had to mature. When you look at Joel Embiid, he still comes across as like that, that childlike personality that gets a kick out of making people like you mad with his sound bites. Yeah. I believe it's just, it's a, it's a process that we're watching unfold right now of his maturity level. And maybe this bubble may be one of the tests that helps him get to that state of mind. So that's what I got to say about Joel Embiid. That's, from, that's me. You know my model. I sit back in the back and I look out the curtain. That's how I do it. <laughs> hey, why are you laughing at me, bro? <laughs> Oh, man, because I was so pissed off, man, but I couldn't help myself but laugh at that boy, man. But I was so hot because it's just, it just, you know, as you know, like, it ran me hot when I got, like, there wasn't no front what I did on first take yesterday. Oh, uh, you be upset, bro. You be calling me. Bro, because it's here. It's here. I understand, your, but I do understand your frustration because, you you are you are a former big, and 
you look at it, uh, you have a different way through your eyes to look at it. The same way I look at point guards. I'm passionate about my position. I understand it. You're passionate about your position. And I'm passionate about not taking the NBA years for granted. And anytime that you have an opportunity, I can say this now because I'm retired, but anytime you have a chance to step foot on the NBA court, you don't know how grateful and how much of an honor that is. It's millions of people, players that get denied every single year, bro. And you have a golden opportunity to go on there and perform at the highest level and represent for Black Lives Matter and use your platform. But let's move on, man. Enough about him. My blood pressure high. Might have to get a cuff, get the pump. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's rock. So, So let's talk about the format, a little bit of the format and why I might have changed my pick. We ain't gonna even talk about the format. Let's get straight into the picks. Because I know you got it on your mind. Forget the format. We know what the format is. The format don't mean nothing. All it means is something for them bottom seeds that's going to get eliminated in the first round. Let's talk about these eight games. Talk about what's up, who you got, who you rocking with. So, man, this is tough here. But I I think I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets here. Mm. I just believe that the format favors the Houston Rockets, the AAU type of style, the March Madness. I believe the Rockets are built for that. Two mm-hmm. dominant ball handlers, jump shooting, high octane, short season. It's like March Madness. When when a team gets hot for those, you know, that from, from the, the field of 64 to the, the, the national championship, it's really about what team clicks for that short amount of time. That's what we're in right now. We're not even in the NBA season where it's like, okay, it's been a long, drawn-out 82 games. They've, been, they've got this continuity. It's about the team that can catch fire the quickest. Mm-hmm. I believe the Houston Rockets is the team that can catch fire the quickest. I'm not ruling out the Lakers. I'm not ruling out the Clippers on the West. But I believe... The Houston Rockets is a team that you don't want to run into. Now, we're going to go over to the East. Mm. The East, again, I'm, 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 using, a, I'm using my college system here. I, I believe that the Toronto Raptors, mm. I believe the Toronto Raptors. Oh, Canada. Boy, you know they love Big Perk down there. Yeah, they, they love Perk. Yeah, they love you down there. But I look at the Raptors. I believe the Toronto Raptors and – the Miami Heat are two teams that you got to be careful of. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. These are teams that can catch fire and get going early and get you up out of here quick. This is going to be the best version of NBA March Madness in July that you're going to see. So that's why I've changed my picks. Initially, I had Milwaukee and the Clippers going to the finals. That was before the pandemic hit. But now I'm looking at I'm looking at in the Western Conference Finals. I think it's going to be Houston and the Lakers, and I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be Toronto um, and Milwaukee on the other side, and that's kind of how I see it. I I believe the Houston Rockets can win the entire tournament. I'm saying it here first on no agendas. 
I believe Russell Westbrook and James Harden, this is your window to deliver a championship to the city of Houston right here. Mm. Mm. So here it is for me, right? I give in the West a slight edge to the Lakers. Here's why, right? They have the most championship experience. Their leadership is through the roof, okay? Sure. Absolutely. We're talking about uh, Anthony Davis, who came out and said he's 100% healthy. We haven't seen that Anthony Davis all season long, and he's still been dominating. We're talking about giving a guy, LeBron James, more rest. We've seen what happened when he didn't make the playoffs this past summer. He came back on a mission on MVP-type level. So mm -hmm. that makes them the best duo in the NBA, and in my opinion, the best duo since Kobe and Shaq. Now, they lose Avery Bradley. Huge loss. It, oh, it, not as huge as a lot of people think, because here's why. You add J.R. Smith. Mm, come on, Bert. Hold on, hold on. You add Dion Waiters, okay? But Avery Bradley was taking a lot of minutes from a guy that every time he stepped foot on the court, he impacted the game defensively and offensively. He's a dog. LeBron James loves him. And that's Alex Caruso. Right? You putting okay. stock in that? I am putting stock in it. Don't okay. put too much in it. Okay. So, but when I look at this Laker team and I'm looking at a Rajon Rondo who know, who's known to elevate his game in the playoffs. Sure. Sure. That's how he earned the name playoff Rondo. For sure. And I'm looking at a, a, a Dwight Howard who looks great. I seen videos of him who was yeah, he looks fantastic before the pandemic. Him and Anthony Davis on the floor together is to me the my eye test says mm -hmm. that they're the best front line in the NBA defense. Okay. Uh, he's still one of the most athletic big men in the league today in year 16. Mm -hmm. And he's a live threat, a beast on the offensive glass. There's only one guy physically that could match up with him in the paint, and that's Steven Adams. So – he takes a lot of pressure off of Anthony Davis, where Anthony Davis on the defensive end is able to do what he does best, and that's be able to be able to be a wrong guy to shot block. So I'm looking at him on the offensive end, and I'm like, if you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, J.R. Smith, and Dwight Howard on the floor, the paint is wide open. Even if Danny Green and Dwight Howard, I mean, J.R. Smith don't score one bucket, they have to, the defense have to honor them. They could be used, quote unquote, as a decoy. The same thing that Doc Rivers used to use Ray with when he wanted to give me a roll to the basket for a <clears> wide open dunk. And we would run the pick and roll and make sure that I was rolling on Ray's side yeah. because they wouldn't leave Ray. Okay. So I'm looking at that, but now I'm scared of my pick in the West because of your pick that I second in the Houston Rockets because they're going to hit the ground running. 
They're yeah. going to hit the ground running. We're talking about a guy, first of all, we're talking about two former MVPs still in their prime. Let me talk about James Harden leading the league in scoring this year. Dropped 20 pounds because he know that they pit, they pushed the pace and in order to keep up with Russell Westbrook, I need to put myself in position to be able to run with this guy because he's going to push the pace. Now that's, and he's a bucket. He changed the game. Let's not get it twisted. People talk about James Harden all they want. That guy's a problem. He's when, a problem. Right now with KD being out, he's the best scorer in the league in my opinion. All right, talk about Russell Westbrook. This Now, basketball minds that's on here, follow me on this. Russell Westbrook is having the best year of his career, in my opinion. And that's crazy to say, because, yes, he's averaged triple doubles. Yes, he won the MVP. From your eyes, though. But from my eyes, averaging 29 eight and nine and shooting a career high at 47.4% in the paint. I mean, no, field goal percentage, 65% in the paint, right? Yeah. I never seen them play this under control. They traded Clint Capella. I've never seen them have this much spacing. That's why before the pandemic, at the start of 2020, since January 1st, he was leading the league in points in the paint because, for one, nobody could check him one-on-one. Two, the spacing is there, and he finished with the best of them in the yeah. league. Rocket scares me for the Lakers, and they, I would not be surprised. They should. They should. And, I'm, and, and I'm rocking with you. I would not be surprised if they win it all, but I still give a slight edge, in my opinion, to the Lakers. Go over to the East. I'm sorry. I love Giannis. I think they have a good team. But I don't trust Chris Middleton. And I don't trust Eric Bledsoe. Because we all know that you have to have that Batman and you have to have that Robin. We just talked about the Lakers and Rockets both have that Batman and Robin or a Batman and a Batman. Yep. Milwaukee don't have it. My two picks, and this is why I, I'm so confused and I, I really don't know, but I'm torn between the Celtics and the Raptors. The Raptors are deep. They have a no coach who should be coach of the year. They have a six-man candidate who might not win in Norman Powell. Yep. Right? Yep. They have the heart and soul of their team, Mr. Toronto Raptor himself, Kyle Lowry. They have a rising star in Siakam. They have a fearless guy in Van Fleet who stepped up big time in big moments last year. Serge Ibaka, champion, Marcus All lost weight. We know what they're capable of. And Boucher that comes off the bench is probably, yeah. probably one of my favorite young up-and-coming prospects. Yeah, and, and, and they have a dog that's very mature and a rookie by the name of Terrence Davis. Okay? Yep. yep. So, But now moving to the Celtics. Man, give me your two, man. Who you got? Lakers. And now I'm, I gave the Toronto Raptors they flowers. because I'm taking forever to get your damn picks. I'm taking the Celtics, okay? Here's why. Kimball Walker 
and Jason Tatum is the best duo in the Eastern Conference. I'm sorry. Ooh, that's tough. No, it's not tough. Because, yeah. because one could, why? Name me a better duo than them. Uh, probably C- Siakam and Lowry or no ben, ben no Simmons way. and Joel and B. No way. No way. No way. Right now, before the pandemic, one could say that Jason Tatum was top five in the NBA. The way he was killing, he had superstar written all over him, Yoda. This guy should be a Celtic for life, but I'm just going to touch on them real quick. When you go, when Brad goes with that small lineup, the same thing you were saying about the Rockets. Yes. Brad does the same thing. Kimba was hurt a little bit. He's fully recovered. When he goes with Kimba, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who's one of the better two-way players in the league today, Gordon Haywood, who we know is capable of going for 20 to 25 points a game, and they have that bad, that little bad, that monster. Smart. You got damn right. You got damn right. So so what's your championship, man? My championship, hey, is is, is right now, (laughs) look, it it, it couldn't be no better. One of the greatest rivalry in sports, Celtics and Lakers. That's final. You heard it. You heard it from Perp. He has Celtics and Lakers. God damn it! I don't want to sleep. He'll ch- he'll change in like three days. Everybody, I got. I have. I have Houston. I have Houston and Toronto in my finals. In my in my March Madness, and I believe the Rockets will hoist the trophy. James Harden will win it. Russell Westbrook will do it, and um. Mm. And we'll move on. Damn, it's so hard for me to go against the Brodies, man. Oh, so so let's move on so we can finish this up. So we're gonna, the NBA draft has been set um, for October 16th. I'll be having my own draft show with SUV TV um, out in Atlanta on that day. Um, I'll have my some of my co-hosts with me, Max Van Hawken, Kate Constable, Zach Ramey and the entire crew. Um, the draft it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a short draft process. Um, with not a lot of real draft evaluations. Like it's been weird for these teams, and it's it's kind of it's, it's been like. And I've been talking to a lot of the prospects. You know, a lot of them text me. I talk to them via social media or through text, and they they've been getting a lot of Zoom calls and like like these wonderlick tests that they do in the NFL. And the question is, like, like how – what should NBA teams really do since the draft process has been kind of it's – been, it's been shrunk and the resources are at a minimum right now? Um, so I'm going to answer that, Perk, and just kind of let you piggyback off that. I don't want to piggyback. This is your special. So <laughs> I took up enough time giving you why – I'm torn between all my picks with the, but go ahead, man. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it took you two days to get to that. You you still, like, it's all over your face. You you didn't, I don't know if you're really confident with your pick. I'm not, um, I'm not going to lie. There's no agendas. I'm not. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not. So here's what, here's what NBA teams need to do um, in order to, to, to best evaluate the prospect that you want to draft. Um, you got to be old fashioned here. You got to go back to the eighties and the seventies and the sixties and just watch tape. Mm. Like, 
like you you got to understand let's I'm going to I'm going to go football here like the the great coach Bill Walsh for the San Francisco 49ers drafted Jerry Rice and and Jerry Rice ran a 4640 he was slow he, he didn't really do well in his combine but what what coach what coach Walsh did Perk, was he turned on the tape mm. turned on the tape just turn on the tape. The tape, the tape is truth serum. Yes. Just watch the tape and allow your eyes um, to not create a narrative for you. Just watch it and then see what it, the tape will speak to you when you watch it. Coach Walsh, Coach Walsh watched uh, Jerry Rice and was like, look, this dude is, has a chance to be one of the best receivers ever. And, and the rest is history. So, my advice to you NBA teams out there, turn on your synergy, watch film, watch multiple games of these kids, pick up their pick up their habits, pick up their good habits, pick up their bad habits. Of course, do the Zoom calls to get to know the kids and 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 and, and see how they interact um, with you. But ultimately, your decision should be based on what these kids show you in between the lines. And and that's what you got to do. You got to go back to the 80s, 70s, and 60s and and, and draft the best prospects. Now, obviously, the first five or six picks, Perk, are going to be pretty easy. Mellow Ball, Obi Toppin, Anthony Edwards, Killian Hayes, Wiseman. You know, like, you can kind of close your eyes and draft. R.J. Hampton. R.J. Hampton. You know, like you can kind of close your eyes and draft those guys. But once you get into the 16s and 17s and 18 picks and 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 so forth, now you got to start trusting your eyes and the film that you watch on these prospects. So what I would do if I was a GM, Perk, if me and you, Perk, if me and you are GMs at, at, for an NBA team, I'm going to be like, look, Perk, we got the 18th pick. I'm assuming that these players are going to be gone by 18. So we're going to X out guys on our board. We're going to X them out and say, this is who we're going to have available at 18. And how does this prospect fit on our team? Mm-hmm. How do we fill a need? And what did you think about him on tape? That's how you're going to have to make your selection. Also, also, also to, to add on to that, if I'm GM's, I'm also using these games down in Orlando and also the NBA. Aren't they doing a bubble in Chicago, right, for the bottom 18? There's a rumor. Is that happening or is that? No, no, I hear it's it's really in the making. I hear it's an 80% chance. So if I'm GMs and I know I got high picks and I know I got good picks, I'm using these games and I know that my team is not a contender and I know that I'm, you know, whatever the case may be, you also, this is a great job to reevaluate your players and your organization to help you draft also. Because now I can see, oh man, I was thinking about drafting a forward, but I, I could take this guy with a forward because I know this big man is going to be here down the line. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. right now what's about to happen is a lot of guys, that were not going to get an opportunity to play is now going to get a 
a, a chance to showcase themselves. And I'm yeah. talking about G League guys, free yeah. agents, yeah. all of the above. So now you also could, you know, in your mind when you was thinking about drafting a point guard or drafting a small boy, you might go back and sit back and watch these games and be like, hold on. You don't need that position, Phil. I don't need that position. I might need to switch over and get this position. Let me reevaluate what's going on. That's just my insight on it. I like that. That's that's that that that's I, I never thought about it that way of you know using the, the Chicago bubble um, to kind of evaluate teams that's gonna be in a lottery. Um, yeah. that's that's a that's a that's a great way to put it. So again, basically what we're saying, everybody, is use your eyes. Um, your eyes rarely fail you if you're being honest with them. You know, like me and Perk always say, you gotta cleanse your soul. <laughs> You gotta go in clean. You gotta go in with a clean soul, baby. So <laughs> you gotta throw that water. You go in with a clean soul. You 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 make your pick and you live with it and you trust your judgment. So yes. everybody, we we really appreciate you. Um, we at, at, at no agendas. We we I know we, y'all thought, thought we was gone. I know a couple of other podcasts was peeking around the corner. Hey. hey. Kind of searching, hey, what they, what y'all doing, man? Uh, nah, we right here, we right here. We back like four flats, you know. Right Standing strong. So we we thank we thank everybody for joining us at No Agendas. We'll so, see you talk soon. Cleanse your soul. <laughs>